I always tell people, unless there's a specific reason why your doctor says you personally should not use CBD or medicinal mushrooms, which of course, sometimes there are reasons, ask them why. And if they don't have a reason, ask them if you could try it for like one scan cycle. For Mm -hmm. most cancer patients, that's like eight weeks. And if things haven't changed or things have gotten better, keep going. If, If something bad happens or you have a bad reaction to something, of course, don't keep doing it. But it is, you know, most doctors don't, they just don't know enough about this stuff. Hi, I'm Zoe. Hi, I'm Erica. Hey, Erica. This is our podcast. Well, what do we do on the podcast? Uh, we talk to wellness experts. Well, what do we talk about? wellness stuff. And why are we doing this? Because we want to have an inclusive conversation about things that you can actually use and apply to your life. Right. We don't think that wellness should feel preachy. We think it should feel like everybody can participate. That's right. So if you like what you hear, tell a friend. Give us five stars. They're all free. All of the above. All of the above. And think of us as your navigators on the bumpy highway to well. Hello. Hello. It is April. What is it? I like to say the date now because you know what? Because it's the only way you can tell one day from the next. Yes, because, you know, time has lost all meaning. So it's, it's just just remind myself. Yeah. Anyway, so we are still in the thick of the COVID crisis. Um, and I'm certainly in the middle of my own COVID crisis, which thankfully is not a crisis, but it's not fun. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. I've had it. I don't know. I hope I've had it. Let's not even talk about it. No, let's talk about it. Let's talk about Jenny because we had a fun chat with her and she's a cool chick. Jenny Sansusi. Jenny Sansusi. She wrote a book called Rebels Apothecary and it's all about the wild world of the kingdom, the fungi kingdom and the CBD land. Yeah, so she covers uh, functional mushrooms and CBD because those are two of her favorite healing subjects. And she's seen them heal firsthand, um, her father specifically. Um, In his battles with cancer, uh, it's kind of an amazing story. And she really just hopped right there in the the, uh, driver's seat and guided him on his health journey. Yeah. She was into this stuff before. And then I think like so many of us that are in this world, you know, to to be to be involved in in an area that is actually so personally uh, relevant to so many people in so many situations and then be able to apply your knowledge. So she did this, you know, she was already a big enthusiast of um, the benefits and healing capabilities of mushrooms as well as um, CBD and THC, by the way. Um, and then when her father was diagnosed with cancer, she kind of put everything that she learned to task and saw some incredible results. Yeah. Any excuse to talk about functional mushrooms, we'll take it. It's true. Uh, it's true. Uh, I've been no. like mega dosing on mushrooms for the last 10 days. And I swear, I'm not, I'm not just saying this. Like I do feel like it has contributed to the lessened severity of my symptoms because I can't think of anything else that would, I could attribute it to. Well, I mean, it's not like it, it, it could be like nature's largest clinical study ever done, right? It's just like right. thousands of years old and whatever. So uh, it's, it's not surprising to hear that functional mushrooms are this 
uh, impactful. So anyway, have a listen to Jenny Sansusi. She's very sweet and such a warm and lovely, giving, compassionate person. Her book is super rad and beautifully illustrated. Yes, it is a beautiful book. And we wish her all the best with it. It's about to come out. So by the time people are starting to listen to this uh, for real, then her book should be available and everybody should get a copy. Okay. Enjoy. Well, so I guess that's like a good place to sort of start and hear your story and how you kind of got into all of this and what led you to mushrooms and CBD in particular and now to where you are because it's all all very relevant and information. Sure. Um, Well, I've been I've been sort of in the wellness world for quite some time. I started writing a, a wellness blog back in 2008. So I've been writing there for about 12 years and then became certified as a health coach through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and worked in the city for Dr. Frank Lippman, a functional medicine doctor. So worked in his office with many of his patients for a few years. So I had been in this world already um, before my dad got cancer. And as soon as he got diagnosed, it was just one of those moments where every, well, first of all, when someone you love gets diagnosed with cancer, it's just a huge shock to the system. And immediately my reaction after we got over the the initial shock was to just jump into action. Like, what can I do to support him? I knew he was going to go through traditional uh, chemotherapy and I was not, you know, prepared to to persuade him not to, nor do I believe that's you know the way that everybody should go. So I knew he was going to go the traditional route, but I also knew that he could be supported with some natural remedies and that I could probably figure out a good regimen to get him on. And so I started to dive into research and reaching out to people in the nutrition world that I respected and reaching out to different doctors and getting advice from people and then just doing my own research. And cannabis and medicinal mushrooms were the two things that just kept coming up and kept coming up. And I kept reading stories of people not only having good results with their cancer, but just really managing their chemo side effects. And I know my dad was really nervous going in about the side effects that people had, you know, his doctors had said that he would he would experience and that other people on chemo had, you know, said that they experienced, which is often just debilitating, you know, awful nausea, pain, you can't sleep, no appetite. There's so many, so many side effects that come along with chemotherapy. So I was really trying to support him to feel as good as possible throughout the process. So uh, cannabis and mushrooms very quickly became what I call the all-stars of his, of his healing team. So I just dove in and, and got him started. And was, was um, at the time, I mean, how much was diet playing a factor? Uh, compared to those things? Yeah. At first, I tried to manage his diet as best as possible. But I learned really quickly that the lack of appetite that he had was a huge factor in what he was able to eat. So he would just look at things and be like, nope, I I can't eat that. And it's like, we often compare it to like, uh, I've never been pregnant, but we often compare it to a woman in pregnancy when she just looks or thinks about a food and is like, nope. Uh, that's not happening today, you know? Yeah. yeah, I had a similar experience with my mom. Um, she was diagnosed with breast cancer a few years ago, uh, six years ago at this point. And through her chemo process, my, you know, my instincts were the same. Like, let me, you know, just like feed her the fuel that she needs. And I was there in Arizona, I was cooking soup and I was making all this stuff. And then, 
you know, it would be the combination of having zero appetite whatsoever or when she would eat so much tasted bad or different. She had the metabolism in her mouth. And so all the things that were healthy that she normally even liked, she had no appetite for it. And it was, it became more of like a numbers game of like, right. You can get any calories in, then it's better than none. So even if it's like, you know, the comfort foods that are serving absolutely no nutritional benefit, but at least it's actually like in her system as opposed, but it's a hard, it's a hard call to make. It is. Yeah. And and I think there's certain people that are really excited to make a complete dramatic dietary shift when they get diagnosed with cancer. And then there's others that aren't. And I knew that my dad was not going to be one of those people that was going to do a super strict plan because of how his appetite was working and the nausea that he was experiencing at first. So I cooked for him a lot at first, but we kind of decided on just making sure he gets a shake every day. So either my mom or I would make him a green smoothie every day with a bunch of medicinal mushrooms and and greens powders and spinach. And so he has that every day, no matter what. So we were just kind of focusing on getting more things into his system that could be helpful. And then otherwise, letting him eat whatever he could so he didn't lose too much weight. Okay. So maybe we could start with my new favorite subject, which is uh, medicinal mushrooms. Both of our new favorite subjects. How do you think about medicinal mushrooms? Why are they so great in your opinion? What are their standout properties? And how did you decide which mushrooms to you know blend up for your for your dad? Well, I think the biggest benefit for the medicinal mushrooms across the board is supporting the immune system. So when you're going through chemotherapy, it weakens your immune system, and that's why a lot of people that are on chemotherapy can't tolerate it for very long. They can only tolerate a few rounds and then their immune system really starts to break down. So with the mushrooms, taking a variety of different medicinal mushrooms, they're all supportive to the immune system. As you guys know, they all each have their own benefits aside from immune immune system balancing, but they're all really good for the immune system. So it can help people stay on chemotherapy longer and tolerate the drugs longer. And you know, in in um, China and Japan, they often give medicinal mushrooms alongside chemotherapy to keep people immune system strong. So I think that is the number one benefit across the board. Immunity, right. And that's and it's funny, I think it it um, should be sort of underscored that when we talk about giving medicinal mushrooms to those who are battling cancer, it is not so that the mushrooms will battle the cancer or using right. the alternative. It is literally as a complement to whatever they're already doing because for the reasons that you just described, it, it's, it supports your immune systems and helps the chemo sort of do what it needs to do. So I just want to make, yeah. I think a lot of, a lot of people hear that and they don't quite listen. Yeah. To they think yeah and I, I mean, I have to be careful with this stuff because I'm, I'm not a doctor. And so I can't prescribe or recommend that people take medicinal mushrooms when they have cancer, but I can tell them to run it by their oncologist, look up some of the information about it. I think the most important thing for people to do is look up drug interactions just to check um, Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center has an awesome database of all the drug interactions with tons of herbs and supplements and all the mushrooms, CBD, everything. So you can just go to Memorial Sloan Kettering and put in like chaga and it'll show all the different drugs that it's known to interact with and any other reasons why you might want not want to take it. So I think that's important to do for sure. Yeah. I just wanted yeah. to make the distinction that like, because I don't want people to walk right thinking like, Oh, that's a bunch of bullshit. Medicinal mushrooms don't cure cancer. It's like, no, that's not what we're saying. We're 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 saying they act together. They're yeah. Like, anyway, so go on. Yeah, there there have been studies showing different medicinal mushrooms killing cancer cells in labs, but there haven't been enough, you know, clinical trials to actually say 
yeah. that does. But I think it, I think they do a lot of a lot of magical things. <laughs> I, I totally. Agree. Um, but yeah, so the common denominator across all medicinal mushrooms is that they are first and foremost amazing for the immune system. Okay, yeah. and then individually, mm-hmm. how do you think about them? Individually, when it came to my dad, the first one that I gave him was a supplement that's derived from shiitake mushrooms. And it's called AHCC. It comes in capsules. And it's primarily from the mycelium of shiitake mushrooms, I believe. And that one is actually used in cancer hospitals in Japan. And they've done clinical trials on it showing that it's very antiviral and that it really supports the immune system. So that is the first one that I, that I ordered for him. And he continues to take that every day. Two capsules in the morning, two capsules at night. And I think that that one has, has played a really big role. So shiitake... In, in general, especially right now for viral, antiviral, I would say shiitake is a good one to eat more of and to take as a supplement. Yeah. So that was the first one. And then aside from that, turkey tail was the next one that I got him on. It's, it has been shown to have anti-tumor properties and it's also just really good for the immune system too. So I got him taking turkey tail every day. And then aside from that, he's taking a, a blend of of a bunch of other mushrooms, so chaga, reishi, um, maitake, a bunch of the other mushrooms are, are in this blend that he's taking. So he's got a variety going on. Yeah. yeah. When you first kind of found yourself going down this little like mushroom and cannabis for that matter, rabbit yeah. hole, I mean, I imagine like most of us, you were your own test subject, right? I mean, did you... What was your initial experience? Like how did it kind of come on your radar and what what types of... I don't know, tests and, and uh, yeah, just sort of like acid tests did you do to, to see that you could actually feel a difference in your own system? For me, I, when I had first started researching this stuff for my dad, I had already been using Four Sigmatic mushroom products. So I had a kind of baseline knowledge of what some of the different mushrooms did. So I was taking, those are in powder extracts, you know, I was mixing them into coffees and teas and hot water. And I, my favorite one at the time was cordyceps because that is a good one for boosting energy. And I'm always drawn to energy boosting supplements. So I was taking cordyceps pretty much every day, putting it into my coffee just to give me an extra boost of energy. Um, lion's mane, I was, I was taking before I would sit down to write. And I did notice lion's mane, it's not this instant thing where you're like, oh, brain power immediately. But if you take it for a week or two, you can start to notice you know, the, the better focusing effects and it's good for memory and cognition. So I was taking that before sitting down to write. Reishi, I will take before bed often because it can help to calm stress. I actually took a little bit of reishi just before sitting down to do this because I was feeling kind of amped up. Um, <laughs> um, and then chaga, I'm, I, I've been using chaga a lot, actually just taking chunks of chaga and making tea out of it. So I'll do that a lot. Um, if I feel like I might be coming down with something, the chaga tea can be really good for, for the immune system as well. Where are you getting your chunks of chaga? I get them from a, an herb shop in my in Borum Hill. The, the first place I bought chaga was a place called Radical Herbs. They may have it at Remedies Herb Shops too, but those are mine. I get it at oh, herb okay. Shop. Yeah, I know that. I'm in, um, I'm in Benson Hill. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah in Borum Hill. Um, yeah, but you can get them. You can get them at herb shops. Some health food stores will have chaga. You can probably order it online. I don't have a, a recommendation on the source to order like actual chaga chunks, but I'm sure there's some really good. Yeah. I was just curious. So yeah. can you can you explain a little bit because I, you touched on something that I think is also important when we mm-hmm. think about medicinal mushrooms and adaptogens really in general. I mean, this 
falls under the umbrella of adaptogenic you know, medicinal mushrooms or like 10 different ways to refer to them. But the fact that this is not like a, a magic bullet that you take once and, you know, as you said, like immediately you have all this cognitive power and your yeah. brain is functioning and sharp and your memories improved from taking like, you know, a thousand milligrams of lion's mane. It's just, it's more of a, a, a loading process, right? So this is like, how do we want to think about incorporating it into, you know, our daily routines? Yeah, I think with I think there's some of the some of the mushrooms you can feel a little bit more quickly. You can feel some of the effects, and some are more subtle. But all of them are more working kind of behind the scenes to balance out your system and keep us in homeostasis. So they are really doing background work. But um, yeah, so I would I would think that that you should consider taking them on a longer term basis just to see how you feel for at least a few weeks rather than thinking of it as a magic bullet. But taking taking reishi, chaga, I mean, pick the one that you're most drawn to for the for the benefits that it has and take it for a week or two and see how you feel. Yeah, because I know a lot of them do blends as well. So there are a couple of companies right now that do like a 10 blend or a 5 yeah. blend. Yeah. The, the, well, you could tell me your opinion, but it, the... The issue I have with that is that they're all like it's not truly a therapeutic dose because they're all individually so low. So it's just kind of like it's mm-hmm. kind of like weak tea, you know. Whereas if you go for one or two, you're getting a, a, a you know a dose that's actually going to make like a, a true impact. Yeah, I think it can be helpful to do like a ten blend. That's something that I put in smoothies sometimes, and that's more of a kind of ongoing wellness maintenance type of thing. I think if you're wanting to take one specifically, taking a higher dose is is can be more effective. Yeah. yeah. What are the main takeaways that you want people to understand from medicinal mushrooms? And, and how do you think we need to sort of shift our thinking in general as a culture around this kind of ancient remedy that has been around for thousands of years and like the yeah. rest of the world, you know? at least Eastern Eastern countries have been using therapeutically and quite successfully for millennia. So why has it taken us so long to catch on to something that is literally so easy to access and so easy to consume and so unbelievably beneficial without having to take, you know, pharmaceuticals and, and, and use it in a way that's preventative? I mean, why are we just like just now just barely catching on to this? Yeah, I think, well, people normally think of mushrooms in two categories. It's like the mushrooms that you think about at a salad bar or psychedelic mushrooms. So people don't really know that there's this other classification of mushrooms that are actually medicinal that don't cause like intoxicating or psychoactive effects. And a lot of times when I talk about medicinal mushrooms, people are like, am I going to hallucinate if I take this? Like they actually think it's psychedelic mushroom. Yeah, And then, or they'll be like, oh, I hate mushrooms because all they know about is the raw mushrooms that they see at the salad bar, which they don't like. And so people have this kind of, it's, they call it mycophobia, like phobia of mushrooms. Yeah. And I think that plays a big part into why people haven't truly all caught on yet to, I mean, it's, it's obviously becoming more mainstream now, but yeah, it's just been this big, big unknown for a lot of people. Yeah. And I think, I mean, well, I guess the culinary group is, is like, I get how that it can be. It's somewhat polarizing just from like a texture standpoint, but, mm-hmm. um, but you know, that's just Americans being slow to the, 
I know. Same. Like we have a lot of food fears in general. Yeah. So I know that the crux of your your interest and your focus is on the medicinal category. But mm-hmm. have you? I mean, do you, can you touch on psychedelics at all? I feel like there's. I certainly am like consumed. I've listened to Michael Pollan's entire book. Yeah. Made all the notes, and I, I, it's such a fascinating field of study. And I feel like, especially in a in a healing context, it's like we want to move people away from the idea that, you know, you're just tripping for fun as opposed to like, there are actually amazing psychological benefits that can come from. Um, totally. Some of these yeah, I do, have, I do have a section in the book on, on psilocybin, the um, psychedelic mushrooms, because I know most people are really curious about what the difference is between psychedelic and medicinal and, and what the research is going on right now. But there's tons of good research going on right now about um, psychedelic mushrooms for for depression, for treatment resistant depression, which is depression that hasn't, you know, responded to other treatments, and for smoking cessation, and for anxiety and PTSD. So they're doing a lot of studies right now on psychedelic mushrooms. I read Michael Pollan's book as well, and he talks a lot about about psilocybin for depression, and I think it's really really promising. So I do think that things are shifting away from it you know, just being seen as a recreational drug to something that could really change the game for mental health. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we could talk about this online, but do you know anyone who is administering like psilocybin therapeutic sessions? I don't know that it's legal yet to, to do that. I no, I think they're, I think they're, they're Colorado, just, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't it just barely legal in Colorado right now? It's, they decriminalized it in Denver and Oakland and I believe one other place so far, which just means that they're not going to do like have law enforcement be, you know, enforcing, you know, giving you a criminal offense if you get caught with it, but it's not legal to, you know, be selling it and using it yet. They're still, they're still doing a lot of studies now. That have you watched the uh, Fantastic Fungi movie? Oh my god, so good! Yeah. yeah. So when they do the sort of end of life therapies using mm-hmm. the psilocybin mushrooms with the therapy, yeah. and, you know, a lot of these patients, it's it's like a one time therapy session. They mm-hmm. literally lie down. The therapist like doses them with or micro doses them or whatever with psilocybin, and they basically go into it. I think a lot of them were, were terminal, and they were looking for some end of life comfort. Mm-hmm. That sort of live out their days in, in fear and panic and anxiety. Yeah. And it was kind of, it was fascinating to see their, their perspective just do, you know, total 180. And I think that they, they suddenly had this like new lease on life and had no fear of dying. Yeah. And they had this just like beautiful sort of contentment that mm-hmm. I was like, I want some of that. Yeah. That's Really? Yeah. Well, I think just like we were saying earlier, even even talking about culinary, let alone psychedelic, like I think we have such a, um, as a culture, we have such a preconceived notion of what, you know, mushrooms are all about, whether it's like, I don't like the taste of portobellas all the way to like, uh, mm-hmm. well, if I trip, then I'm out of control. And there's, you know, that's for right. people and whatever. And it's really just, you know, it's conversations like this. And it's books like his that I think are all helping to try to normalize this conversation and to get people to understand like there are there are exceptions to every rule the same with you know cannabis and THC which you know we'd love to hear from you on as well like there are exceptions in terms of people who abuse whatever it is or there are exceptions in culinary with people who actually legitimately are allergic but by and large 
none of this stuff is going to harm you as long as you do it carefully and thoughtfully. And that's what we want to encourage people to do is just get educated, get more information so that you can make thoughtful decisions. Yeah, I think I think people just don't have the information they need to know what to take. And so um, that was what I was hoping to do with this book is just to lay it out. Here's every single mushroom. Here are the benefits. Here is you know how to get started with each one and just make it super easy. Yeah. So before we um, talk a little bit about CBD and therapeutic benefits there, can you just, in your opinion, because I think it's going to be a very highly debated area in the medicinal mushroom world, could you talk a little bit about uh, your opinion, um, mycelium versus burning body? Because yes. I think it's going to be a hot topic, and I, you know, we have very strong opinions about that as well. But yes, I. So one of the things I did when researching this book was interviewed a lot of experts because I, as I said, I only had a baseline knowledge of any of this stuff before I dove into it. So I researched, you know, all the people who had written mushroom books, the people who were putting on medicinal mushroom seminars, the mushroom scientists, and I got in touch with all of them and, you know, took seminars and interviewed people. And what I found across the board is that most mycologists, which is people who study mushrooms, most of them are on the, in the fruiting body camp. So for people who are listening that don't know what the difference is, there's the fruiting body is the mushroom that you see coming out of the ground. And the mycelium is the roots of the mushroom. And so they both have their own benefits. And there's some mushroom products that are made from mycelium and some that are made from fruiting bodies, some that are made of a combo. And there is some debate within the mushroom world about which one's better and which one has more beneficial compounds. Most of the studies have been done on fruiting bodies, saying fruiting bodies have have a higher concentration of medicinal compounds. So that is, I would lean that way towards fruiting bodies. But the mycelium products definitely have their place and are beneficial in a lot of ways. And so I can't say that they're not, they're not good. My dad takes a mycelium-based lion's mane product and it's really helped him with his neuropathy. So I have seen firsthand mycelium products doing a lot of good, but I take fruiting body products personally. Yeah. yeah. In addition to there being a lot, you know, more compounds, beneficial compounds in the fruiting body, I think a lot of the controversy um, surrounding the mycelium is how it's actually grown, right? So if you... right, so it's so a lot of a lot of the mycelium companies that are producing mycelium products grow them on grains and then are grinding them up with the grains. So if you're getting a capsule that's a mycelium-based mushroom product, it could be like a high percentage of grain in there, like rice or oats, whatever they're using, in there with the mycelium. So that, yeah, that that is one reason why people sometimes are skeptical of mycelium products. Um, basically, a way to think about it is the fruiting body is basically condensed mycelium. So the mycelium is growing underground and then it condenses and turns into the fruiting body. So the fruiting body is just a ton of mycelium all condensed together. So it is, if you think about it that way, it makes sense that it would it would be more concentrated. Right. So it's, it, it, so we have to we have to read the labels, I guess is the point too, mm-hmm. because I think that there's a lot. It's it's getting very confusing and misleading, and I think intentionally, yeah. you know, misleading. Um, you'll see a picture of like a fruiting body, like a cute little mushroom on a package, and then you turn right. it over, and you're like, it's myceliated, whatever grain, you know. So it's it's a little trickery, and it's obviously much cheaper to to produce the mycelium yeah. 
concerning body. So just... Yeah. And that's what a lot of the, the mushroom people that I've studied with, they're, they're like, of course, we would all be producing mycelium right. products if we could, because it's way cheaper. And But the studies show and that that the fruiting bodies, you know, are usually more beneficial. Yeah. So I can't say it's a hundred percent, but yeah, I lean towards the fruiting bodies. Yeah. We're in that <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I typically take my mushrooms in, in a tincture form. So I'll like, I have this, you know, mush, this tincture, a reishi tincture like this, or um, I'll do it in powder form too, but powder or, or tincture or cooking, of course. But if you're trying to get the, the most concentrated form, right. I would do a powder extract or a tincture. So now let's talk about your experience with cannabis. Sure. <laughs> Is your dad uh, following any of those protocols as well? Yeah. So the cannabis for my dad has definitely been the biggest game changer as far as how he feels um, and his chemo side effects. I mean, the mushrooms, I think, are playing a huge role in keeping his immune system strong. That I mean... One last thing about the mushrooms is that the doctors are always shocked at how many chemo sessions he's been able to tolerate. Like he's done over 50 sessions of a really strong chemotherapy. And they're like, why are you fine still? You know, it's like, yeah, why do you feel so good? Why are you golfing all the time and traveling? And I mean, not now we're quarantined, but you know, he's... Share he's, with them what your theory, like what, what he's doing. What, what is their response? I'm just like the traditional medical community. What are they saying? My dad's oncologist has been very, very cool in the sense that he's been like, I can't say it's going to do anything, but I'm not going to tell you not to do it. Um, so go ahead and try what you want to try and we'll just monitor your progress. And that's not the case with a lot of people's oncologists, which really makes me sad because a lot of them will say, you know, we don't want you to do that just because we don't know enough about it, or mm-hmm. there could be these side effects. And so, obviously, I think people should listen to their doctor. But I always tell people, unless there's a specific reason why your doctor says you personally should not use CBD or medicinal mushrooms, which of course sometimes there are reasons, ask them why. And if they don't have a reason, ask them if you could try it for like one scan cycle. For mm-hmm. most cancer patients, that's like eight weeks. And if things haven't changed or things have gotten better, keep going. If, if something bad happens or you have a bad reaction to something, of course, don't keep doing it. But it is, you know, most doctors don't, they just don't know enough about this stuff. Yeah. But his doctor has been, has been pretty cool about it. So you started to say that he's actually feeling, he's noticing more experience um, or experiencing better, just like feeling great and feeling alert yeah. and feeling stronger from, from the cannabis experience. Yeah. So with the cannabis, that's played a huge role for him in his nausea, in his appetite, in his sleep and in his pain. So all of the things that he initially was experiencing from the chemotherapy went away with the, with the cannabis. And so he's taking um, a one-to-one ratio of CBD to THC in a really highly concentrated oil so it's it's a it's a medical cannabis product. So you can't just you know you can't buy it at at uh, most recreational or adult use dispensaries, and definitely not online or in health food stores like you can with CBD. But he so it's a it's a very highly concentrated one to one product. So that means an equal ratio of CBD to THC, and he takes that every morning and every night, and that has changed it changed everything with his with his side effects. That's amazing. So, I mean, the question would be, is he just stoned all day? He, you have to work up to it. So the oil that he takes, it's like the, a drop uh, the size of a grain of rice. 
or they, I think they recommend half a grain of rice to start mm-hmm. and to work up slowly. So at this point, it's just how he, you know, this is just how he feels all the time, which is like pretty good. What is the milligram? I'm just curious. It's probably a, around 50 milligrams of THC and 50 milligrams of CBD in one drop. Not nothing. <laughs> yeah. It's not nothing. Yeah, you have to work up. At first, like it was, a, you know, a shift, and he he had to, you know, take a little bit too much sometimes, and then sure. learn that that was too much, and then scale back, which a lot of people have to do if they take a THC product of any kind to like play oh. with those a little. So just to give it, give you some context, so this is um, less than 0.2 milligrams of THC per serving, which is like a, a really generic mint. Okay. Right. So it's like uh, a, a container full of 40 mints is 100 milligrams of CBD. Yeah. So those are little micro doses. These are like, this is like nothing. So compared to what? Totally. <laughs> yeah. So he's taking quite a bit. But once you work up a tolerance to it, especially with this specific kind of oil and, and taking it orally the way he does, you don't feel high all the time. You, you kind of start to just normalize. Yeah. And you, if you do feel too high, right? What, there are some things that you can eat to kind of curb that stone feeling, like pine nuts. Yeah, pine nuts is one. Black pepper, lemon juice, and then taking extra CBD. And I, because CBD can help to curb the effects of the THC. Yeah, I have heard from a cannabis scientist that it works better if you take the CBD before the THC in order to, you know, or at the same time. But you can still. Take but it if after. you get too high, then you, you probably get too high, yeah. an accident. So yeah. you're taking it ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I do have one uh, Google search history that says <laughs> that says like too what? high alcohol? Question mark. Too high coffee? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, stumbled across some uh, some bad bars in my freezer that my <laughs> cat sitter had very graciously <laughs> left and forgot to actually let us know what the dosage was. So. Oh boy, that was unfortunate. But I learned about pepper in that particular journey and it did help. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> good. Yeah, that's never a good feeling when you eat an edible and then all of a sudden... Because it takes so later. long to kick it in and then you oh, know man, yeah. for so long. Ugh. I ate like a cookie once, a weed cookie, and I didn't know it was a weed cookie. And I was oh. like hanging out with my father-in-law, like upstairs. I was like, oh man. Yeah. I feel like everyone has one of those stories and then yeah. like never again. Never again. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to look at you directly in the eye for about two hours. Right. I'm just going to sit here in silence. <laughs> exactly. I'll be over here. Oh, oh man. Well, so the Rebels Apothecary sounds very exciting. Um, are you including, you're including recipes in there as well? Yeah, I've got a bunch of CBD recipes and a bunch of medicinal mushroom recipes too. So yeah, there's recipes sprinkled throughout. That's nice. Because a lot of the medicinal mushrooms, I mean, we, we, we refer to them as medicinal, but the reality is you can also just eat them in your cooking. Certainly, yeah. but even lion's mane and... Yeah, yeah. There's three that I that I put in the book that are, you know, best for culinary mushrooms, which would be shiitake, maitake, and lion's mane. The other ones, reishi and chaga, you can't just add into food, but you can make tea with them. And then turkey tail, um, that's definitely... And cordyceps are, are, are better and just more easily accessible in tinctures or extracts. Right. Yeah. Um, this is all very exciting. And it's a beautiful book too. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. The illustrations are really beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. Cool.
Yeah, I'm excited about it. We will uh, send people to your site and to what are your what are your URLs that we need to share? Sure. Um, well, the book is at healthycrush.com forward slash book. Healthy Crush is, is my blog. Okay. Um, so yeah, that would that would be the place to go to find out everything. Yeah. And it comes out in May, which comes will out, be yeah. very soon. Depending yeah, on it's a weird, it's a weird time to be launching a book. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. How have you uh, how have you like changed your strategy or thought about launching? Yeah, well the the biggest change in the strategy has been well a having to change my expectations about having an in-person launch event because yeah. that was supposed to be in May in New York City and at this point that's I mean I don't want to say it definitely won't happen but it may not happen. You have to get comfortable um, with the idea of it not happening. Yeah. And then I guess the other part is just kind of taking a pause on it a little bit because I kind of expected this time to be me focusing so much on, on promoting the book. But um, there's just a different, a different situation in the world happening right now. So I'm kind of sitting back and thinking more about what do people need right now. So I'm going to give away the immune boosting chapter in the book as a free download. I'm working on that now just to give people Great. something to get started with that's really relevant for what's going on right now. So that'll be that'll be up available soon. And then just hoping to share more immune boosting tips with people from the book rather than just like talking about the book, you know, just just kind of changing the conversation around it and trying to to help and give out free information as much as I can. Yeah, I think that's smart. I mean to find where it's like the most relevant for right now and because otherwise, yeah, it's pretty hard to break through the the noise of the twenty four hour news cycle. Around. No, and like I've I've also just kind of shifted from thinking about the book launch as this really condensed period to thinking about okay, this is just something that's going to be more of a long term thing that I you know keep talking about the book for years and not just like just this month, you know. So yeah, I think gets it out there, but it's going to yeah. be out there. So. Yeah. And everyone is everyone in the world is experiencing such major shifts in how they have to think about their work, and you know people have to cancel events that they were planning on, and and it's 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 everybody. So yeah, yeah. I guess that's the comfort is that we're all on some level we all understand what everyone else is going through, even if it's the details are different. Yeah. So if there's you know that's the silver lining, right? Is the the sense of empathy and shared experience. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, well, thank you so much for talking to us today. This yeah. is exciting information and it's really incredible that you've actually seen so much of this just before your eyes with your father. So Yeah, it's 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 cool. I think these these plants I mean, they if we learn to use them correctly with our unique bodies and our unique situation, they can really be powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Be overloaded. Good luck and keep in touch, Benny. Thank you guys. It's great to Yeah, great talking. Stay safe. Thanks for listening to HTW. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and make sure and rate us on iTunes. You can even give us five whole stars if you think we deserve it. If you have ideas for guests or topics, you can call our 1-800 number. Yes, we have a 1-800 number at 800-674-1839 or holler at us on social at HTW Podcast. You can also head to our website at hgwpodcast.com for more episode info and check out our Daily Blend blog to see what we're drinking.